Hey guys, welcome back to the Perspective Podcast. It's Julia and Julia. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about anxiety. So this is five weeks out of not coming out with a podcast episode. And to be honest, I just, one, haven't had the time. And two, I wasn't really feeling inspired. It was more of a, like I always wanted to create the podcast. And once I did it, and once I realized how easy it was to do it and to accomplish it, I kind of lost the motivation for a little bit. And I also didn't really know what to talk about. There wasn't anything like burning on my heart, like really that it's something that I was really wanting to say. So I had to take some time off to really think about it and think about exactly what I want to say. But I'm proud to announce that I'm back and obviously no guarantees um, that there's going to be an episode every single week because I don't want to hold myself to that standard now after experiencing the lack of motivation and seeing what that does to me. Because this podcast should be fun for me. It should be a good outlet. And I don't want to force myself to do something that I don't want to do or I'm not feeling motivated to do. So hopefully, possibly an episode every week now coming up, especially throughout the fall and winter months, because I'm going to be home more with fall break and Christmas break. But we will see what happens. I'm so glad to be back. Okay, I want to start off, Julia, tell the podcast about yourself, whatever you want to say however you want to introduce yourself. So hey guys, um, I am Julia and I'm so happy to be on Julia's podcast (laughs) this week. I feel like what she's doing is so cool and I love listening to your episodes, Julia. They inspire me and they've actually taught me a lot. So being on this and being able to maybe get through to someone or inspire someone just means a lot to me so first I would like to thank you (laughs) um so yeah Julie and I met literally two months ago set first day of college and thank god for that because she honestly has changed my perspective (laughs) She, she has changed my perspective and the way I look at things a lot for the better and honestly I feel just like a happier person now that she's been in my life so I'm very thankful that we met two months ago and it's crazy that we only met two months ago because I feel so close to her and I feel like I've known her my whole life and I practically feel like like we're sisters we have the same name <laughs> if you guys didn't know um we're both Italian and Polish mm-hmm. and I just feel like we have the same morals and values um So, yeah, that's just a little bit about Julie and I's relationship. I feel like it is crazy that we only met two months ago because, like, I describe you as one of my best friends. And it's so weird that you can become so close to someone in those two months. And that's so special. And I'm so glad that we have that. So I'm so thankful to have you here because this is so much fun to do with you. Okay, Julia, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I'm going to say where I'm from first, the basics. I'm from Orange County, California. And I lived there all my life. Um, it's a beautiful place. And it's funny because mm-hmm. Julie is also from there. <laughs> but we didn't know each other before coming here. So it's really funny. Um, and also, excuse my little cold I have going on. All weekend, baby. Turned up. So, yeah, honestly, like, I love living in L.A. now. Um, and I a lot of people told me that I wouldn't like it here. 
and that it'd be too much for me, too weird. But honestly, like where we are, like our location where LMU is, it's perfect for me. And of course, I will always love Orange County. Orange County will be always be my home. But here it's just so fun. And I've loved like having um, like this new home here now, like my second home here. Um, but uh, I am a music major, which is crazy because a lot of people, when I tell them I'm a music major, they're like, oh my gosh, like, like, what do you do? Like, do you play an instrument? And I say, no, like I sing. And they're like, oh, like you sing? Is that just all you do? But it's not like that. Um, a music major is actually really, really hard. Um, but honestly, I'm thankful to be in it because I've learned so much. And honestly, I've become a better musician in just the two months I've been here. So as you guys can tell, I have a huge love for music. Music really makes up who I am. Um, and I'm just, I'm really thankful to kind of how I've let myself pursue this and how I've let myself pursue what makes me the happiest. And with that, actually, this past summer, um, since June, I've been working on album yeah. <laughs> it's it's all cover songs actually um and I worked with my dad on it he helped me produce it and we hired musicians and we all worked together and just did arrangements of all of my favorite jazz songs and it actually it's a jazz album which is very different and I don't know anyone my age this young at 18 who is done this so I feel like that's kind of adds a uniqueness to it and it's oh, not yeah. just like <laughs> it's not just like oh this is an 18 year old like all her original songs she just made them in her room it's not it's not like that it's it's a different type of scenario um and I'm very thankful that I was able to work on it but just a little plug yeah. I don't I don't have an exact release date but I'm thinking probably ap after Thanksgiving a couple weeks after Thanksgiving is the goal before Christmas break so yeah, um, plug that. Yeah, I'm plugging that. Because you have so much to be proud of. <laughs> an amazing thing to accomplish. So yeah, that was just a little bit about me. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I love hearing about that. And Julia is so talented. So as soon as the album comes out, I'll be reposting it on the Perspective <laughs> Podcast Instagram, my own personal Instagram at Julia Kowalski. Um, so please go check it out. My beautiful best friend is so talented. Aww. And today I mentioned in the beginning that we're going to be talking about anxiety. And Julia and I really handpicked this topic because it's something so near and dear to both of our hearts. It's something that we both go through, we both experience. And it's one of the many things that we've talked about and one of the things that has brought us so close together um, that we both go through. And before we go any further, I want to put on a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about our own anxiety triggers. So, um, if it is hard for you to listen to that, maybe don't, maybe just skip out on this episode. Um, we don't want to trigger anyone to have a, their own anxiety attack or panic attack because we are going to be talking about what it feels like to us, our triggers, um, and then in the end we're going to be talking about things that help us and um, do's and don'ts for anxiety attacks when it comes to one of your friends having, having an anxiety attack. So we just want to preface with this trigger warning because we don't want to hurt anyone. Okay, we're going to start off by just giving, like, the scientific definition of anxiety. 
So according to American Psychological Association, anxiety is intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. And with these fear, with, with all these fears and worries, um, they can lead to side effects. And this is the anxious feeling that's described. Um, that can include fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and feeling tired may occur according to this psychological association. Okay, so first off, Julie and I are going to talk about what we kind of experience when we have an anxiety attack or when we're feeling anxious. So for me, it all starts in my chest and my heart starts going really, really, really fast. It's like the only thing that you can hear when you can feel your heartbeat in your head. You can feel your heartbeat throughout your whole body is what it feels like. And it feels like my heart's going to like explode. Like I'll be walking upstairs and I'll feel so winded and so tired. And it felt like maybe I just ran a marathon. Granted, <laughs> you know, I've never, <laughs> wait, bad example. I've never ran a marathon. <laughs> like, like oh, yeah. my heart is pounding so fast. Um, and what happens to me if it's a really bad anxiety attack is that my like hands go numb. Like everything goes numb. All the feeling like shoots out of my body and it completely disappears. And it feels like I'm kind of dissociating from where I'm standing. Like, it feels like I'm not there if the panic attack is really... It's like this out-of-body experience that you forget that you're still human and that you're still present. And I think that's, like, my main, um, like, function, like, when I'm anxious. Like, I just forget that I'm present and that I'm here and that I'm still a person, I'm still existing, because I get so caught up in my heart rate and, like, the loss in feeling throughout my body. Yeah, Julia, I totally understand everything you said. Yeah. Um, I go through the same things, and I to add on to it, mm-hmm. um, to kind of just get perspective and for you guys to understand how I go through it, the number one thing that happens when I first start um, feeling anxious, um, I get a symptom of nausea, and I don't... I, I hear this, I've heard it in some people, and I've had a couple of conversations with people, and they experience it too, but, like, I don't think they experience it on my level. Um, it's intense nausea. I, my stomach instantly starts to hurt. Um, I, I feel like I'm going to throw up, and it really actually has affected my appetite, and that's why I've struggled so much with this in the past, wow, like, Three years, two years, it's just really been bad these past three, two years. Um, I'm good now, but just before, basically this summer, um, it just has been kind of ongoing, but my number one symptom would be nausea, and that was just really hard to control because it's not like I could breathe and get my heart rate down. It was just a feeling in my stomach, and that, like, stopped me from eating, Um, so... That was not good. But I also, like Julia said, like you said, um, the heart palpitations is huge for me. That especially happens at night for me because that's yeah. when, you know, there's nothing going on. It's just you and your brain. Yeah. So that's when the my heart races sometimes. Um, I get the numbness in mm-hmm. my hands, my feet. Um, when I have panic attacks, I hyperventilate. I, like, it's hard to breathe. And also something that I haven't met anyone who's had these. I get anxiety rashes. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Have you? No, no, oh. no. We talked about this. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I get them on my chest, and it's like a literal anxiety rash. And I just never knew that was a thing before I got one. I'm like, okay, I guess 
have to deal with this too. Um, <laughs> shit, another <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then also, I get really sweaty, which I think is normal. Not but normal. like, yeah. I, I just sweaty. get really sweaty, yeah. especially before performances. Oh my god. But yeah, that's kind of like the symptoms that I go through. I feel like one of the ones people don't talk about. One of the symptoms is sweating. Because yeah. it's also like I don't understand why society puts like yeah. puts this such weird thing on sweating, but like everyone sweats, but like anxiety, like when you're so nervous, like no, your hands, oh your my armpits, gosh, like everything. my but like beneath my legs yeah. or whatever that little part, yeah, it's crazy. Or when you're sitting on a chair and you get up and there's sweat because you're like <laughs> yeah. waiting to go for a presentation and you're like shit, yeah. like I'm also next. blurry vision. Blurry vision. Have I've, you? N- I've never had that. Mm-hmm. Like so, explain. So like you're you're looking and then it you just, just like it just yeah you just feel like you can't focus on one thing and that's the kind of like weary floaty feeling mm. so is there multiple of things or does everything just blurred like you can't it's see? just blurred like it's like you know i don't for anyone who has contacts it's yeah. like when your contact is kind of moving and you need to like get it back and you f- mm. see that blur yeah it's not like in an intense blur but it's just like you need to like blink a couple times yeah that's um that's what happens and i'm trying to think of the other day because the other day i had like a bad attack yeah during during rehearsal and i was just singing um because i was like up on a stage but i just like wasn't i kind of had a cough and i was just trying not to cough and i didn't want to like ruin the song but i that's like my heart started pounding and then that all kind of came in one um and also i felt like i was about to like faint it was like a feeling of that which i've never experienced that's scary but yeah that's just another symptom okay next we're gonna go and we're gonna talk about our triggers so you go first this time okay so basically i think i have i have general anxiety disorder i don't have like just social anxiety but part of my anxiety is a little bit social, but it's not just like generally like, oh, I get anxious before I go see my friends mm-hmm. or like I go in a classroom. It's it, it was that and a couple years ago, but I'm not that I'm not at that point anymore. It's more like I get super anxious before just like weird social social situations that I know I'm going to be in, mm-hmm. like looking forward to to a conversation that I know I'm just not going to feel comfortable in. Or, like, going on a date. Like, I get really, really bad first date anxiety. Yeah. Um, because I don't know. There's so many unknowns mm-hmm. within that social social interaction. Yeah. And it's with people that I don't feel comfortable with. Like, I just, I get a lot of anxiety that way. So, like, socially, that's a trigger for me. Um, I'm doing better. I, I used to get really anxious in large groups of people. But I feel like... That was, like, also a COVID thing. So because we're kind of in life now, we're back to normal. That has gotten way better for me. Yeah. Um, also, when I am kind of not feeling comfortable, I get anxious around food because one of my symptoms, like nausea, like, when I'm feeling anxious, I do not feel like eating, you know? And sometimes I'm anxious before, like, I go out to dinner with someone. Yeah. Right? But... I, but I don't have an appetite. So, like, my mind just goes in a circle. It's like, oh, my gosh, what if I freaking, like, throw this food up? Because <laughs> my nausea is so bad when I get anxious. Yeah. Like, in front of them. Like, this is – I'm not even close to them, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, uh, when the food would come at the table, I would just, like, get this sense of, like, shit. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? I just feel sicker. And mm-hmm. I would just go in this loop in my brain. Oh. So, so you feel nauseous, like – 
and then you think about the food, but then you're stressing about not eating, but then you're also stressing yeah. about throwing up. So it's a circle that you can't yes. break. And that's a whole yes, thing and it was, and I, honestly, I still struggle with it when I'm in a com- uncomfortable position. Yeah. Um, because I don't know how that started in my brain, but it's just like something that I kind of deal with. Um, recently, I mean, since I've been here, I haven't had to deal with uncomfortable things because yeah. I've met amazing people and I'm just like such in a better place than I was. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so yeah, that's a trigger. Um, also like just family matters. My parents are divorced. So, you know, a lot comes with that. I'm not going to get into that, but just, I have anxiety, you know, around that situation. And I guess that just comes up with like trauma in the past of just not even because of them but just the matter that my parents are separated and they separated when I was five so obviously anyone doesn't matter who the parents are Mm -hmm. some type of trauma some type of type of anxiety comes with that so yeah those are kind of like the main triggers okay I like all like it's good to Mm -hmm. Because I know all your triggers, but it's good yeah. to sit here and, like, be, like, reminded <laughs> of, like, a Debrief them. Yeah. No, yeah, there's a list, so. Yeah, no, it's a good reminder. Okay, I'll talk about mine. Whoa, the microphone almost just yeeted and fell over. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine are mostly, like, feeling out of control and not having control over things. It's, like, the un the unknown. And so it'll be like having a conversation with someone and then not knowing like what I'm going to say, even though I normally appear really confident. But if I overthink and like make the scenario in my head, then I'll get anxious about it because if it doesn't turn out how the scenario was in my head, then I like freak out because I feel like I've already lived it once through a scenario in my head. And then once I live it in real life and it's not the same, I'm like, wait, like which one is it's just stressful and it makes no sense because like I shouldn't be making these scenarios in my head like it's just self-sabotage but it's hard not to think about um like what to say and like how things could possibly be and um another one of those is like the college process was really stressful for me and not knowing where I was going to go or even before I knew I wanted to be a teacher like not knowing what I was going to major in because I switched from biochem in August like two weeks before coming to school and I applied to every single school as biochem like and then here I am an English major like even that is stressful Mm -hmm. another one is making decisions I'm so I'm so 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 (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm so indecisive that and I change my mind so much because I don't know what's the right decision and I get stressed that I'm gonna make the wrong decision so then I just never make a decision because I just can't because like what if I make the wrong decision and even talking about this is like well I don't know like what is the right decision like I just it's really hard to come to terms with that because you never know if you're going to be making the right decision and that's the fact with everything in life and that to me is really scary and that's a big um anxiety trigger and maybe not like a panic attack trigger well well it could lead into that it could but it's just like what gets your mind going yeah the circles the mind the mind circles. circles that you get yourself into. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is the third trigger of mine is if I'm given, if I'm in a bad situation and there's no good solutions. So if I'm in a situation and I know one thing will lead to a bad outcome, but the, also the other thing will lead to a bad outcome, like that's like a panic attack. Like if I know that there's a situation where I can't win or make a decision that will make someone else win or like, like kind of the lesser of two evils concept where like, 
both things are bad. Both decisions are not good. Both happenings and circumstances are really bad. But then you still have to pick one. Then I don't know what to do because I can't weigh the evils against each other. And it just doesn't make sense to me. So then I just freak out. And then that's like the panic attack trigger. That's what would cause uh, a major panic attack. And that's what caused my last panic attack at school. I've had one one panic attack at, at LMU. Um, it was, it was like a week after my breakup, um, after a phone call with my dad. And that was the last major one I have. Um, next we're going to move into talking about what helps both of us. Yeah. So honestly, like I am not fully free of anxiety. I don't think really anyone is, but I have gotten significantly better over the past year and I've learned a lot about myself and I think I've grown a lot. But the one thing um, I repeat to myself is just, I just remind myself that I need to be present and I know it's easier said than done, but I, I do mindfulness exercises actually. um, And I just stop and I think like, okay, where am I? Like, I am so in my head right now. I am wasting my life away by constantly worrying about the future and reflecting on the past. Like, I can't, I just, I can't do that anymore. And that's what I, I catch myself now. And I'm really happy that I've kind of gotten in that swing because I know now when I get in those cycles and I really just remind myself that the future hasn't happened yet. The past is not now. Like, it's only now. You know, like, of course, you have those memories, and, yeah, a lot of things come with that. And it's hard not to worry about what's going to happen. Like, as of right now, like, we're literally just here. Like, we're literally in my dorm room. Like, tomorrow didn't happen yet. Like, who knows what could happen before tomorrow, you know? So, like, why would you waste away the present moment? You, like, you would lose that present moment, but then, you know? To gain what? To gain what? Yeah. Like, literally worrying, it does nothing. Yeah. Like, if something is going to happen, it's going to happen. Like, there's no point. And I and I know that's way easier said than done, but, like, that's just something that gets me through it. Um, and I also have this thing pulled up that I always look at. I have, like, my saved Instagram posts, and it says, your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, your values become your destiny. And that all started with your belief, your beliefs becomes your thoughts. So for me, like for me to get through that past year where I was in very bad physical health, like I had to believe that I was going to be okay. I had to believe that I was going to get through it. And when I changed that mindset, I got through it mm-hmm. and it changes, your thoughts. it changes my thoughts. And the thoughts is what started the cycle mm-hmm. of the thoughts is what started the physical symptoms and so on, you know? So thinking about anxiety in that way, um, that really just changed everything for me. Yeah. And then one thing, like, my greatest trigger, like, the lesser two evils and having to pick between the two, one thing is, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, really rationalizing it down to its core. Like, what is the worst that can happen from each situation? And trying to pick between those two worst scenarios I find is easier than having to pick through the big mm-hmm. than having to pick between the big two scenarios exactly and also taking away like the what ifs for my thoughts is like what helped me just removing that because um that thought 
it's not coming from us. Like, that's the intrusive side of it where the anxiety, like, that's where it comes from. Um, But it's it's just there to scare us, and we have to let it be and let it pass. Yeah. And know that we're going to be okay. Yeah. Another thing is, like, like, for an example of, like, fizzling down the, like, lesser two evils is, like, this is gonna be, like, a stupid example, right? Like, you have, like, psychology homework, and then you have calculus homework, and you only have time, like, no matter what, you only have time to do one of them, and you have to pick which one to do, and so the lesser, like, like, both of them, like, you can't, there's no good decision because you don't know which one Mm. will end up benefiting you more, like, in the future, like, graduating, like, you don't know which one is gonna actually benefit you, like, who knows? Yeah. Are you going to use psychology again? Or are you going to use calculus? Like, this is yeah. such a stupid example, but... No, it's like, true, though. Yeah. But then you, like, if you fizzle it down, it's like, well, which grade would be detrimented more mm-hmm. if the goal is, like, graduating college? Yeah, and then you, you just can't think there. about it like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, if you fizzle much. it down and really simplify it, it becomes a lot easier to decide and to pick. No, yeah, I totally agree. It's really just comes down to, like, what you pick and what you think. Yeah. Another thing is, I know this helped both of us, um, like, last week. Like, when you have the big heart racing, if you have mm-hmm. someone, this is, like, good advice to do if someone's having an anxiety attack. Like, if you breathe with them, like, a yeah. audible, like, like breathing in and out, if they can, like, follow your breath, because then it causes them to focus on their breath. And oh, even wow. if their heart, like, isn't actually beating, like, a thousand miles mm-hmm. per minute, it feels like it. But then if you breathe audibly with them, like... <gasps> <sighs> wow i never they, thought about like that yeah if mm-hmm. they copy you then it makes them conscious of conscious con how do you say that word conscious conscious of their own breath and can calm them down because it gives them something else to focus on rather than what the stressor is like they're not thinking about the trigger anymore and that can also help yeah so another thing like what really got me through everything and what still gets me to this day is god and it doesn't like i know not everyone is religious you know Mm -hmm. but i know you are and i know we connect like on that yeah with god too and god doesn't just mean christianity like any god Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i'm yeah personally i'm gonna talk about you know the god i believe in jesus but for me what really helped me was reading verses um whenever i would read verses it literally just like instantly calmed me down it, I just felt like there was a hand on my shoulder telling me that everything was going to be okay. So a verse that really stuck with me was uh, 1 Peter 5, 7. And it's so short and so basic, but it literally says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And truly, like, this got me through some shit. And also the one, I can't remember um, what book it's from, but it's the one, it's like, do not worry about everything, but on everything by prayer and supplication. Um, yeah, I, it's something along those lines. Like, just honestly, verses in general, they just calm me down. And knowing that there's a higher power above me that kind of has a plan for me and that things happen for a reason in my life and he's just guiding me along the way, that eased my mind and put me at peace and gave me peace. Hell yeah. I totally relate to that because it is really comforting. I am Christian, um, non-denominational, and it's really comforting to believe that there is a higher power, that there is something that's greater than yourself. 
because when you're feeling anxious you're so caught up inside yourself that sometimes it's hard to see the bigger picture because you're so tunnel vision focused on one thing and just because Julia and I are Christian doesn't mean um that you have to see it in the same way like um, believing in something bigger than yourself can be like manifesting to calm anxiety it can be like writing down uh, manifestations over and over again to calm you down like an affirmation for yourself to get you to calm down um, it could be like the universe it could be like praying to another god it doesn't just necessarily have to be Christianity and I don't want anyone to think that just because Julie and I are Christian that that's like the only way to help it no no because yeah there's so many different ways to do it and we want it to mm-hmm. be like the most applica- applicable mm-hmm. applicable applicable yeah. applicable advice um to and, anyone yeah to anyone mm-hmm. that can apply to anyone so now we're going to kind of go into like this we're going to make this short but the do's and don'ts of like how you treat someone that's having like an anxiety or panic attack in front of you yeah so number one don't say like it's okay like nothing's wrong like why are you why is this happening like nothing's happening like don't invalidate their feelings because if like if someone is it's hard because if someone is coaching another their friend through attack but they don't know what it's like it's hard to relate and that's understandable but just like something you can't say is like why why is this happening to me like this this is bullshit like you know yeah. and because i've had that and it's horrible you know yeah and they just make you feel like shit so that's just number one thing not to do yeah and the phrase like oh that's not something to worry about or yeah well, that's so little like why are you worrying about that or like yeah. stop stressing about it you're fine like because yeah. you get so caught up in your head that when you do have the anxiety that hearing that invalidates it even more and then it just brings up more anxiety of like, oh shit, like you're telling me I shouldn't worry about this. Like, why am I worrying about it then? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, it, it creates a whole other cycle and then branches off into two things because now you're stressed about, oh shoot, am I not normal that I'm like worrying about this? Yeah. Like, is that normal? You just have to be accepting that they're having this attack and you can't, you can't give them a look. You can't make them feel uncomfortable. Like, because that's just going to make it worse. And, and don't ask questions like just help them through it because it's gonna pass like don't ask like wait what like what why is this happening or like you know it just it does no good Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's also hard to explain the trigger like the best thing that you can do is just sit there and be there with them Mm -hmm. and just to have the presence and the company to know that you're not alone in this experience that that's what helps sometimes more than like what's wrong what's wrong wrong what's wrong because Sometimes it's too hard to even talk about it, and that could be, like, a stressor, too. So it's nice to just have the company sometimes, and that could be the best thing to calm someone down. Yeah. And for helping people with anxiety through the attack, like, just the presence of being there and sometimes holding them because, like, I curl up into a little ball because I feel (laughs) so safe. Like, Like, that is easier. And then, like, obviously with your nausea, like, maybe sipping water can help. Yeah. And, like, with breathing, like to get someone to calm down like by putting your hands above your head it's easier to catch your breath so if you're Mm -hmm. feeling like shortness of breath that can also help yeah but the main thing is simply the company and the presence of someone Mm -hmm. else being there oh yeah i agree and i think that wraps up this episode this is so fun doing this i know i'm thank you so much julia i like having you mean everything on this it's so fun you mean everything um i love 
I love doing this. This is so fun. I'm so glad we got to do this together. Thank Me you so too. much for coming along. Me I'm so too. excited. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to post this and upload this. Um, and that closes out our episode. Yeah. Julia and Julia's perspective. Julia and Julia, baby. Anxiety. <laughs> I hope all of you have the best week ever. And I hope you remember to live a life of love. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.